1: Welcome along to the Wiseman's Say podcast where we have a game to dissect and look at a 1-1 draw away to Oxford. Not and too much dissection. Not, no, no. Li- well, it links into the preview as well because we are playing Blackpool uh, tomorrow night. Myself and Gareth are joined by Richard Mason again. Oh. Richard oh. Mason? Come back. That's his name. It's his, his media name, isn't
2: it? It's my, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Richard Would Eaton. you
1: prefer Easterbrook? I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. that's his name. That is my name. Well, you you put Mason out there, not me. I did. If you don't yeah. want to be refer, uh, referred then, to, then as I got Mason. married
2: and I'm a modern man and I changed my name because I'm a modern man. I wish yeah. I hadn't now with all mm. explanation really. I've had to do with it over <laughs> the years.
3: You should have a wise man. Well, your wise man's name is Easter Egg yeah. because of the that online that abuse that you got that time where but somebody it, trolled you with that. Yeah. Which is yeah. good. But oh, enjoy
2: considering I did it by deed Paul, I could have ch- chosen any name and I could have chosen any middle name. I could have added like the 1992 Cup final squad or something. You know.
3: <laughs> it would have been a strange move, but apparently. <laughs> other, other people good. are here now. Yeah, well. So, do you want to introduce them? I know, but I wasn't going to gonna just know? cut
1: them off and say that was it. You just let that I would just natural conversation flow
3: come to an end. I think it needed to come to an end. And then you than bring in Lance
1: Hardy who, you've been on the show on the phone before a couple of years ago, Lance, but first time you've been sitting around with us. Yeah, um, kept, the, kept the same
0: name. Yeah, <laughs> as most
1: <laughs> of us do. Um, author, journalist, do you want to, uh, what I'll do is I'll let you explain to our listeners a little bit about your background in that, and of course, you're a Sunderland fan as well, so it's mm. important just to talk about your early memories of Sunderland, and,
0: and just, I'll I'd, I'd just give you the mic and let you do what you want, basically. Oh, wow, okay. Uh, well, the first time I ever saw Sunderland play on the TV was 5th of May, 1973. Um, Doesn't ring which, a Just uh, <laughs> a distant day in our history. Uh, got hooked on them from that point onwards. Um, first saw them in the flesh, uh 1976, first division uh, season. Uh, started coming regularly in the 80s all the way up to when I went down to London to join the BBC. So uh, my career as a journalist started in the mid-80s in local newspapers in North Nottinghamshire. Joined the BBC in 1990. Stayed there until about five or six years ago, and I've been self-employed since then. Um, my m- work is mainly in television, international sports events, football, uh, working on major events, major football programs. So I've, I've worked at six World Cups four Olympic Games. So I feel like I'm giving you my CV here. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. terms of my writing, still Sunland's 73 would probably be the, the book mm-hmm. that most people know me for. Uh, in these parts, I've also edited Tales from the Red and Whites with Graham Anderson and Rob Mason mm-hmm. over the last few years and ghost-written a few other autobiographies, namely Steve Davis, Bobby George, Kelly Smith.
1: Mm-hmm
3: okay what have, um, done, <laughs> yeah. what, have you, what have you done Stephen yeah what have you yeah what's this well, I've done nothing yeah. we're going
1: to put our CVs on the table <laughs> because Lance see. would win quite easily you're I'm looking gonna, for work at the moment. that you want to I've actually brought you? mine with me yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah this would actually be a uh, recruitment technique for Richard if he did that wouldn't it because he's looking for work at the moment so if you did that
2: yeah I'd, I'd, well I've I'd spent the last two hours speaking about myself so <laughs> probably not going to not going to follow Lance's uh, lead who was yeah.
1: your favourite player Lance Sunderland
2: player well, the- Gary
0: Rowell, by a mile, mm. growing up. Yeah. Uh, Tony Towers, um, from the 75-76 promotion season, I'm thinking I may be the only one here who remembers that. Um, Unfortunately so, yeah. it was It was Tony Towers, Pot Robson and uh, Mel Holden. <clears throat> and Gary was just breaking into the team then. Um, and then Gary Rowell throughout my formative years. Yeah. So you
1: mentioned the book you did about the FA Cup there, you said that mm-hmm. might be what you're most known for, but those, the Tales from the Red and White are relevant, so you want to tell us some of our listeners about those books, plug them, because one of them still quite recent as well, tell us which players you spoke to, which managers you spoke to.
0: The series has been really successful, and it's been really enjoyable to work on as well, particularly with um, guys like Graham and Rob, you know, who are brilliant to work with. Um, The first volume came out a few years ago, and it was essentially an anthology, um, which I edited. Um, It was put together by a lot of well-known names who work in the media, such as Graham Robb, Nick Barnes, Jeff Brown, etc. And a few former players, Jimmy Montgomery, Gary Rowell, Gary Bennett feature. The second volume that came out at the tail end in 2017 was a Sunderland eleven with a difference it went all the way back to Stan Anderson in the 1950s and we were keen to select players not necessarily the best eleven that we could think of but players who had interesting stories to tell that that, that covered mm-hmm. five decades or more and then the last uh, title has actually been the most successful of all three um, that came out in November last year it's titled managers and the three of us spoke to two managers each I spoke to Gus Poet and Malcolm Crosby which was interesting. Uh, Graham spoke to Peter Reid and Simon Grayson and Rob caught up with Laurie McMenemy and uh, Ken Knighton. So
1: lots of very different managers there in Mm. terms of success Mm. Mm.
0: and how Sunderland
1: fans uh, feel about them. We've got some manager podcasts anyway if you want to Go on no, and check Malcolm them Crosby out. Malcolm Malcolm including, well. Malcolm Crosby, including Malcolm Crosby. Dennis Smith, then on to Malcolm Crosby.
3: Um so who's, who's next door, Stephen? That's the question. Who well, who did follow Malcolm Crosby? It was Terry Butcher. It was Terry wasn't Butcher,
1: it? oh yeah. We might just be doing that.
3: Soon. Okay.
1: Do you wanna do do you wanna uh, take over? Yeah. Go on then.
3: I'm finished now. All right, okay. Great that, Absolutely. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Great listening. Great.
1: great broadcasting. Magnificent. Um, so I guess you, you don't get to see the, the lads as much as you you would like. Then now Lance live anyway. It doesn't help when we're in Division 3 either.
0: Uh, well, a uh, handful of games really for the for the past number of years. i uh, going tomorrow, um, I've been to two or three games this season. Yeah, generally about four or five games a season. And
1: your thoughts generally on, on the current situation?
0: Uh, well... Obviously, it's something of a concern, relatively speaking, in terms of what's happened since Christmas. At uh, the start of the season, I, I thought that a playoff place would have been a decent return, actually, in terms of how I felt going into the summer and, and, and everything. Uh, once autumn came around and we went on that winning run and seemed to be winning 1-0 every week and were handily placed in the, in the table... And there looked to be a togetherness and a, and a good spirit and we were getting results. Obviously, you start to think, well, promotion looks as though it, it, it could be happening. And then we seem to have swapped one nil wins for 1-1 draws and, and that has coincided with Luton and Barnsley hitting this rich vein of form and so now it looks slightly different.
1: Okay, well, on that, I just want to say before we discuss the games and stuff, I think we can all acknowledge this season's gone okay and we're still the only team to score in every game only two defeats a massive overhaul in the summer a club which seemed like it was on its knees a win tomorrow I think we're back to two points per game which would normally get you promoted I think the owners have done excellently in providing a strong squad to the manager they've reconnected us as fans comparing what we've had over the last few years it feels like it's fun being a Sunderland fan again doesn't it which it hasn't done in years now you can acknowledge that and respect it but when you go to games week on week and have a passion that everybody wants to tap into when you want positive things to happen and it gives you positive energy, it's to be expected that when you're watching a group of players underperforming and playing poorly, very poorly, as was the case against Oxford, people are going to have a little mourn about it, aren't they? And it doesn't mean that you're forgetting or you forgot where, what kind of season you've had or where we were last season. It's because you care deeply and you're passionate and you're allowed to come out and say a performance was poor. You're out to be concerned that you haven't scored more than one goal in the game since the 15th of December, which was building on what Lance was saying there, and we were talking before we come on air, those 1-0 wins have turned into 1-1 draws. With the attacking players we have, we should be doing better. Now, there's some clips on Twitter, aren't there? And if you're going to go and abuse the owner, then you're a little idiot. Um, it's also embarrassing if you call other people embarrassing if they disagree with your opinion. Yeah, acting like a melt. Yeah, by sorry way. for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think are you finished? Or? Yeah. Well, I mean, not, but it's fair to say isn't it? Because I just don't want people thinking you know the Twitter thing's is a societal problem, isn't it? It's not some football <laughs> no. problem. I just want it to be clear that you know we are grateful for, for, for what's happened this season, what the owners have done in particular. But you know what? We're football fans, and this group of players should be performing a little bit better than they are, right? Yeah. So we're going to try and dissect where, where the problems are and suggest some things that, that can happen <clears throat> to change that.
2: I think at five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, it's really difficult to see the bigger picture. Of course um, it is. I think I'm probably guilty as, as much as anyone in this, this room about that. But as, as, as time develops, you know, two defeats is is, is great. And it's really something impressive about how many, how many draws we had, 12 draws across the season. And if we turned half of those into... Half of those into victories, I think it would we wouldn't begrudge the fact that we might have lost maybe six of those mm. draws. I think a lot, a lot of fans are saying that in that you know a little bit more adventure, a little bit more of an, an adventurous streak on the pitch wouldn't have gone amiss. But like, I don't think. I don't think that's... Who,
1: who's that? No, it's evident the mm. midfielders aren't getting forward like they were. Max uh, Pell was is the one or... that typifies it. Is, is it manager instructions? This is, the strange... or is, it, or is it
3: confidence? <clears throat> I think it's a it's a bit of a bit of tetchiness and a bit of nervousness that's crept in to some of the play. Um the pressure I think is a big part of it. Um I think the at the start of the season it was interesting because you know the complaint you know the point of a complaint, it's like a movable feast in it. It's like, oh well we're conceding early in games. That was the thing earlier in the season. Mm. We're conceding earlier in games and then we'd beat people Three one four one, and then it was all oh, well. You know, it'd be great, but that's great. But we need to stop conceding early in games, and then we had a run where we didn't concede as many goals, and we're winning games, and people were happier. Even though it was a bit, that, even at that point, I thought some of the some of the results were we kind of hacked through the games a little bit and managed to get the wins. Um, at the moment, it's kind of, you know the. We're, defensively, we've got the best. I think we've got the joint best defensive record in the in the league, which is weird because it doesn't feel like we are that strong defensively. But you know we are clearly. Um, but they, they need to go back to. They need to work out what the, I'm sure they will be doing this, but they need to work out if you want to if want to maintain the system that they've got in place. There's going to be a lot of talk about changing systems and all this. <laughs> so, want to maintain that system, which I'm, I'm perfectly happy with. They've got to go back and work out. The, where the failures are and getting to the positions that they were getting into. I was, I was looking at, well let's work out where the failures are first well, I was before at, we start suggesting at, how we can no, put was, it right. I was looking at this I was thinking about it early in earlier in the season we we'd often switch a play quite a lot. So you know we'd get the wingers would get very wide and we'd be spraying the centre back sometimes come to spray the ball to the wing or the midfielder would drop in and put the ball wide. And we do have sometimes but we don't do it as much as we were. Other situations in games that were quite common at the start of the season were um, players coming the, on the the ball on the edge of the box. So once we'd worked it, you had like a midfielder coming on, maybe to strike the ball on the edge of the D or then or work it wide to the other winger, and those situations seem to have decreased. Um I do think it is down to the force. They're trying to force it all the time. The centre backs are forcing it all the time. They want to they want to get it forward quickly or why they're doing that? Is somebody not coming short for the ball? Is 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 it is it just a a nervousness to try and make something happen quickly because you know we're not scoring as many goals, so they're trying to make stuff happen happen quicker. If Ross um,
1: didn't have the reputation he does as the kind of manager he is and the football he likes to play, then it would be easy to look at him and say, is he a problem because we have the players and they're not performing a certain way? So are these players instructed? But he came with his reputation and said he likes players to get the ball in the box. That's not happening. One thing we did rectify the weekend: we scored from a corner. Which you yes. think we should all be happy about, right? Yeah. And yes. guess what? Grant Leadbetter took the corner. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing, that isn't it? That it's... like Middlesbrough's corner taker signs for us. He <laughs> spends one game not touching a set piece, and we don't create anything. And then they put him on corners, and we score from it. Good old Route One corner, Lance, as well. Ball into the box, header above the keeper. That's that's what you want, isn't it?
2: Yeah, didn't overthink it. <laughs> didn't didn't have five people on the edge of the box in a clump. <laughs> didn't play a short corner. Didn't you know it out for a throw in it was it was a perfectly put in gro- corner
3: it was amazing but just hitting areas sometimes just hit hit if it's, if it's not working just put a good ball into an area and get bodies in yeah, it. because you've got a
1: six foot five centre half yeah. yeah it's easy this football isn't it going back being going back yeah centuries that tactic well centuries, centuries. decades Dec- <laughs> if you go back to Ledbetter's Le- Le-
2: assist for uh, McGeady's goal against um Christ who do we play that was
3: yeah. also forgettable
2: yeah, that that game yeah. was forget, but it was a forward pass, and he gambled on the defender making a mistake, which he did, and he couldn't deal with it
1: because he plays for the team at the bottom of the League One. Exactly,
2: and this, yeah. This is the, you know we should be gambling a lot more. Yeah, Because totally what's, what's the worst that could happen?
1: Totally agree. Will Griggs' performance thoughts?
3: I thought he stretched the play quite well in the first half and Good made the pitch a bit yeah. wider um, and longer. Sorry, um, you know that chance. He didn't really have a, a chance um, in the game. But you know, it was probably not the great, not the greatest performance to analyse. The performance of the side overall, probably not the best to analyse him on in that because. No, it if was it, wasn't best, debut, it was not his debut, I probably a, wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be asking. It was the worst we we probably played this season. So, you know, it's, it's just a, a funny one, and it? it's a funny situation at the moment. There, there's so many positives, but at the same time. You know, there's so many negatives. I think in 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 the last six weeks. I think it, I was thinking about this the other day and thought the thing that would sum that sum that up is at the moment Luton run away with it and they're probably going to win the league if you, if you look at it on form. I mean, it's, it's ludicrous. So, so we if but if we finish second, obviously we'd be delighted to go up. But it would be our worst league finish in our history at the same mm. time. Just think, it's quite poetic, really.
0: I've mm. quite enjoyed that as No, I was just going to say there's no way we're going to come second, though, if we're only going to manage to score one goal a game. No. So that needs to change, and it needs to change now. Mm. These, these next seven days are, are I'm, crucial.
1: I'm still not sure Luton are going to continue. I mean, they've turned into the bloody Barcelona, haven't they? But, I mean, Mick has gone there, and by all accounts, because Jones left and he took all of his quarters and stuff to Stoke, and they played this diamond formation down there, which used to work brilliantly for me on Championship Manager I have to say I won many titles <laughs> playing that diamond formation pushing your full backs up um, and by all accounts the players have said to him we know how to do this Like leave this with us which is all well and good when you've got momentum and you're winning and they are flying they're putting three and four past teams as well so it doesn't look like it's going to stop any time soon but if it does and then suddenly they go a couple of games where teams have worked them out or it's not working and then suddenly Harford's got to Gotta change things and I'm not saying he's not capable of doing it, but that would make things interesting. Or am I just clutching and straws here?
2: No, yeah, it is a bit of a freak it's a bit of a freak run, isn't it? I mean they've opened up that, that six point that six point gap over Barnsley, Barnsley have a, a game in hand, but we can be talking a lot about games in hand this season. It's it mm. doesn't obviously translate into um We were better looting when
1: we played them up here, weren't we? I thought we probably were, yeah. Just to, well right it wasn't the not it. I think you know they and they got a dodgy penalty, we would have won that game.
0: It's not like we steamrolled them or anything. I think the key word you use even is momentum, hmm. and that's that's something that both Luton and Barnsley have. Hmm. And going back to those three games, and you know, there's a real opportunity this yeah. week. You know, not just to, to uh, get a result tomorrow night against Blackpool, but the Friday night game playing first going into the weekend. You know, could be critical. Could really put. Yeah. Put put pressure on those other teams at the top. Mm. I said back. Well, I said back in, back back in last week.
2: I said, <laughs> <in> last, <laughs> said last, last week. Said back last week. We, yeah. We've failed to win two in the bounce since December. Mm. Um, and while we are tracking two points a game, you don't win titles by going win one, draw one, mm. no. especially because you can't guarantee that you're not going to lose one at some point
3: down the line. We do seem you know, to be got, a,
1: a bit unlucky in that whenever we're playing against these teams in the bottom half, they're always on a bit of form they the us.
3: Yeah. I think we've encountered a lot of that this season, where we've played teams and like even Wimbledon you know, bottom great, come off the back yeah. of beating West Ham in the, I mean, in the cup. You do, they do tend to raise the game. I mean, again, go back to it. If if this is our sticky patch, then it's you know it's not the worst sticky patch in the world, is it? I mean, you look at, port, at Portsmouth sticky patch. Haven't won in five. Lost three of those games. Drew, drew two. You could argue um, they
1: they've got through it as well. Though they're still third.
0: They, they were way clear one. though weren't they, no, they Go, are, going yeah, back yeah, six or, weeks yeah. they, they looked in the strongest position as Luton do now
1: Yeah, well exactly and that just shows that things can yeah. change
0: and it's Peterborough in the first few weeks as well they were yeah. they were up there and now
2: they're <laughs> do back it, yeah, it's great. I can't wait
1: for them to do it again next season they <laughs> literally do it every year I don't I, know Peterborough
2: I like the way they look, they're also stuck in some kind of loop of a, <laughs> yeah. appointing the same manager all the time yeah, because, yeah they've got better Ferguson Darren again, Ferguson I I thought for his 10th I thought Google was in it. charge when I, when I read it. I thought oh,
3: Google's broken
2: again. Yes, Showing yeah. us a, a link from <laughs> 2015 here. Yeah, but there the, he is.
3: I mean, the, that, you are right in that, and you know Charlton to replace um, the lad who went to Huddersfield, <clears> Grant. Uh, Grant, yeah. So they'll be disappointed about that, and, and that'll be a bit of a psychological blow for them. Um, I think that where Luton have done well is. Lost the manager, and they've won five games on the bounce since. Um, and it's, it's probably the self-beliefs there. Well, you know we can still continue this. We can still do it without him. Um, you know, and, and, and you know it's all it's, it's a psychological thing. It's the momentum, like you say, Lance, and At the moment, <clears throat> it does feel like the on Tuesday next week. Now, I'm not. Obviously, things can change over time, but it does you do feel as, though for some reason, it feels like at the end of that period will f- we'll know whether or not it's the playoffs or yeah. it's automatic promotion now because we, you might can't, you can't saying, keep we might not be saying in three games time well it's the playoffs and then still get automatic promotion I know that but it, it does I, feel I, like I, that I would
1: back us in the playoffs mind still
3: I, th- I think the home thing would be big I don't want to talk about that the no we're not we're not we're not talking about that <laughs> let's now. forget about it um, um, But yeah, the- keeper
1: played well again didn't he
3: yeah, apparently that's not
1: allowed, though. Well, it is a bit ridiculous when people say if it wasn't... That's nonsense yeah. to say if it wasn't for a keeper, you'd be here. That, he's a player, he plays for us, and his job is to make saves for us. which is what yeah. it, Especially at the morning just, about the last, keepers last season. Exactly, I think last season made people forget that a goalkeeper is actually supposed yeah. to save shots on target when they go at him, because last year was so yeah. bad. Do so you remember a keeper situation worse than no. last year? Well, <laughs> no,
0: I mean, as does have been... For anybody, not just Sunderland, and I think because the recent history was so bad, I think we're just so grateful that we've now got a goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, well, he has two hands. Yeah, shot, yeah, <laughs> can catch.
3: It's funny, I Andy, mean, because uh, nobody says like, um, "Well, you only won the FA Cup in 1973 because Jimmy Montgomery made that year, Do they? Mm. Nobody says that. leads I mean, to so a, a, <laughs> yeah. a few people at Leeds do. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they don't matter. um it, it is it is it's like oh well if it, if you if we didn't have Major and you know we wouldn't be anywhere because nobody'd scored goals if we didn't have this if we didn't have that doesn't matter you got them so you know you just that's that's the game they should some one of the other teams in the league should have signed them shouldn't they sure, yeah. exactly so it is it is a stupid argument um but the 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 giving away the chances are giving away is a slight concern. Um, yeah. <clears throat> that's the
1: more worrying thing, yeah. not the fact that he's saving them. I mean, you, I mean, a lot of could open. I didn't, think it, I didn't
3: think. it was a foul for the goal. I know a few people are saying it just looked like. Uh, if I kind think of, you get given that nine out of ten times. May, may be, if
2: we if we create more chances, you not know, talking about how many saves John McLaughlin's making, you're not know, talking about the odd defensive error, which will happen at this level. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about having four, five, six shots on target. And some of, like, two or three of them coming off the goals we're not talking about keepers'
1: performances here. No, not. Right, what we're going to do is going to have a little break and then we're going to come back and maybe look at... Did you ask people there for their Twitter feedback? Um,
3: I don't know if I did. We'll check. I think I did, but if we, if, we'll find that We'll one. have a look.
1: Yeah, we might or might not listen to your Twitter feedback, but we'll talk about Oxford as well and we'll just have a little bit more chat with Lance
0: PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Ross, and you're listening to the Wise Men Say podcast. Okay, Sunderland Play at Oxford, so it's always good when one of on these uh, podcasts. Is uh, a review and a preview because it means we don't have to st- we don't struggle for content and we'll talk rubbish for a little bit longer. Sunderland play Oxford as I'm t- trying to make eye contact with Blade. Gareth and Richard and Blade. they're both on the phones. I'm looking at these. Um, you said look at the questions. So. <laughs> okay, right. So, so what we will talk about now well, is bit the main
3: debate. The main debate has been about Dylan McGeoch, Basically, well, right. So he's either he's either like an Ester or. Jeff Whitley depends which side of the fence for, and apparently there's no middle ground.
1: It's, this seems to have caused a lot more debate than I thought. It's, it's fair, I think, that people will be asking that question. Um, at the, certainly, him, because his last two games for us, he played against Luton and he played well. And then he plays in the Czech trade trophy against Man City on 21s and he plays well. Then he's not in the team. So, like what you're saying before, Richard, that whatever it is, if it's down to the manager's tactics or if it's down to the players within themselves, if Ross is sticking with this formation, this template, Dylan McGillock is within his right to ask the question, isn't he? Yeah. Why am I not playing? Because yeah. somebody in that position is not doing it. For, forget what kind of player he is. He's a centre midfielder. He's within his right to ask that question, isn't
2: he? Yeah. I mean, if it's not working for us, we need, we need to be making changes. He he's hasn't even had a sniff recently. And then, Coming off the back of possibly his two yeah. best games
3: for us. He played really well against uh, Luton, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, who were the
1: best team in the league.
3: Yeah, um, and that you could see he's unlucky to be dropped. Powers has been great recently. Now I really like Power, but he just hasn't. I don't know. I, I don't want to say it's the sends off because players, you know, go through spells of bad form, and he's not the only one who hasn't played. You know, at his level. So I think, like you say, McGeoch couldn't have it. I wouldn't have any complaints if he played tomorrow night, but I wouldn't play him because I've got a different idea of what I, the team I'd play personally, but I feel as though Honeyman dropping deeper he had a really good spell when he played in that too. No, I agree. Um, that's I don't that's think, a change i would made. Honeyman deeper and o 9 I, I would have o 9 yeah. in the middle. There's three, yeah. o, Honeyman, o 9 and, and Ledbetter, but it would be my three in the middle. Catamolo I, I wouldn't bother having him in the squad if he's not starting, because I don't think he's an effective substitute at all. I think he takes ages to get into the game when he comes on, and your power would be a much better option coming off the bench. Going off on a tangent, did
1: anyone watch the Spurs Leicester game? Jeremy no, Vardy, well. they brought on to take a penalty. Did it's anyone a, else think that was really weird? He your first game, no, tu- I saw you missed th- well, a it's Your first touch, and I was thinking, surely that's not a good thing. You've not touched the ball at all, and then you have being asked to... to he put, has not touched the but-
3: ball in his life, though. Yeah, right?
1: no, but you have an all game, and then suddenly you go on the pitch, and your first touch of the ball is to beat, to try and beat an international goalkeeper. It's going to be great for his that though, isn't it?
2: He's, he's going to be chuffed with himself for that. Did, um, he, did he score? No, he missed. Oh, that's on himself. Yeah, that's that's bad for his
3: up. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side, as a non-professional footballer, if you were uh, given the opportunity to kick a ball once in professional football, it would probably be a penalty.
1: You still need a tip. A couple of touches. <laughs> I think it's, and it's a <laughs> hindsight thing, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know because I go was, all the way back to Penenko. You know, he was a genius,
0: but he he could have looked like I Jeff was, Whitley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, like, um,
1: I was. I was as he was coming on. ahead of his He's the, he the benchmark. I was Definitely. saying it to my wife when she wasn't listening, but I was going to say, he hasn't touched the ball. This is a bit dodgy, but she wasn't paying attention. But I was saying it. Why, why we've gone off on a tangent now. I'll Haldane, yeah. You um, took t- it that way. Have, I know, I did. Opinion I did if you want. That's I just thought Talk it was interesting. It. Where, did it, where, did I, where did I jump to that from, though?
3: We're talking about McGarry. I think. When we you talked about Catmull being infected. Ah, seven, yeah, three, yeah. Yeah. Getting yeah, yeah. Getting into the game. Getting into the game. Was it, yeah. yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of midfielders. haven't we, Lance? I don't know what you've seen this season. You know. Well,
1: this is a problem. The manager has lands, isn't now because suddenly you've got this big squad. I'm not going to say like super squad, but on League One by League One standards,
3: There's 22 players.
1: It's there, a very nine, competitive
0: yeah. squad, and suddenly now he's he's got a decision to make and he's got to get it right. I tell you something that did impress me with Ross early season was his ability to make substitutions. Yeah, definitely, you know, like almost genius-like yeah. ability mm. to make substitutions and I don't know, something changed there. Mm.
2: It's like the first game of the season, like, all nine started.
0: Changed the and he had that
2: he way. wasn't playing too well. And was Sinclair came on at half time?
1: Was it Sinclair? Yeah, he did. Yeah. came on didn't it? And it, it mm.
2: suddenly started clicking. And I think there was a couple of more positive substitutions. And I think maybe, maybe we've not had that. Well, I think at the weekend,
1: he did try a different thing. He put White on for a bit. White did to be fair, on, yeah. He did. He, he did. He, he done all uh, the hard work, didn't he? And grafted and he had two strikers on. Then he took them off and changed it again. So I, I still think he is a little bit flexible in that, but certainly. He's got to stumble across something now that works because he's got all these players at his disposal, and questions now are going to be asked of him, aren't they? I think first and foremost, because Sunderland fans realise this is a strong squad,
0: and we need to find creativity. I mean, you know, Will Grigg has, has built a reputation on finishing, but he, he needs the ball and he needs support. Mm. Uh, I've just come back from Scotland, and you know, to a man, they're raving about Morgan mm. in terms of it being, you know, quite cool and getting him to. Till the end of the season I get,
1: yeah that, the problem he's going to have Richard isn't it is that because he's got all his players and we're saying it now right he needs to change something and if it's not the formation it needs to be personnel but that's all again going back to the old championship manager thing you would do that on a computer game wouldn't you so yeah. Morgan is quiet alright take him out and put Gucci in it's not going to work keep doing that either
2: no I mean you do you do get a lot of opportunity in this league to, to chop and change and for trial and error we might not get that in the championship you probably won't definitely won't get that in the in the premier league um but there's got to be some kind of of combination that that gets the support in for the strikers that's the the striker that is the, that's the key mm. thing is getting the ball into him and not asking him like we did with magic to an extent to, to create his own chances or to, to kind of get something out of nothing, which we are which we expecting and what we got out of Madger, you know, for 16 goals, 15, 16 goals in the season. Mm. And we're not creating enough opportunities across across the pitch. And that falls on the three midfielders that are sitting behind uh, Greg at the moment. Mm-hmm. They, need to be, they need to be shown for him. They need to be getting in behind them, and they need to be five yards further up the pitch right, I know it's without not being a, offside.
3: I know it's not as simple as this, but I'm just going to have a quick look here. At, where are we? There we are. So, what would you argue is our best performance of season? Or most people would say is our best performance of season at home. At home? Bansley, I would Bansley. say. Bansley. Yeah. First uh, For Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. We were just a bit dodgy at the back, weren't we? But that was his tactic.
3: So, on that night, <clears throat> the team was McLaughlin, Matthews, James, Power, Flanagan, Baldwin, Maguire, Honeyman, Magia, Gooch and McGeady so you could you could, if you wanted you could say I know I'm being overtly simplistic here and saying well that was the best we played let's just pick that team and then put Griglian up front instead of Maggi now I know that's a very overtly simplistic way of looking at something um,
0: well Maguire I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Maguire's advocating Maguire's the headline from that isn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. it because in the autumn around that time he was on fire and you know I went to the match at Doncaster where he got the goal you know we were winning 1-0 but we were getting goals from all over the mm, forward yeah. positions attacking players I would think that would be the headline from that team you just yeah, gave him I mean I, I, the, well, he was a
3: sensational that night I mean, sorry not well he was good that night he was absolutely brilliant against Peterborough when we drew 2-2 all um, I mean I would put him in tomorrow night I agree. and I would put him and this might be controversial but I'd put him in instead of, in Mo, instead of Morgan and Gooch I'd put him on the right and I'd put all 9 behind No, I think I Go- agree All uh, 9 behind Greg McGeady on the other side and then Ledbitter and, and uh, Honeyman
1: It's somebody else though isn't it where again against Luton who are the best team in the league at the minute he played he scored in that game a very well taken goal as well frozen out the squad totally
3: I know it's only two games, but it is interesting, isn't it? In that he's
1: he provides a big bite, doesn't he? He does. A spark yeah,
3: as well, yeah. He's a bit. He's a bit nasty. Um, he gets people going. Um, he gets the opposition going, um, <clears throat> as we saw at the end of the Luton game. I know the red card was rescinded, but apparently, um, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so. I don't know if that's got anything to do with it. I don't know because he played in... I, don't know, I can't remember if the Newcastle game was after that. Luke. It was before, wasn't He, he scored um, in, in set a couple up in that game. You know, I, I do think there's an argument to say he's been a little bit unlucky. I know he hadn't been in the best of form, but Lyndon Gooch hasn't been probably the last thing yeah. he did that was really positive for us, apart from that second goal in the Czech trade game against Man City, was his performance against... Well, his contribution against Walsall. His performance, I wouldn't say, was very good against Walsall, but he mm. created one and scored one. Um, he's probably been somebody on the edge of being dropped for a little while Um, and now we've got Morgan that makes that more possible but I do feel a little bit for Maguire in that when we're talking about people who embody what we're about now, he's really come in and embraced it, I would also say the fact he's been dropped for the last two games from that 18 if there's anybody who wants to a player in the squad who you'd say wants to prove people wrong when they've been, you know dropped or whatever, it would be him, wouldn't it? it because he was dropped against Burton, came on, scored an excellent goal, and then after that he had his best spell. Um so maybe it's a Could chance a to go yeah, maybe it's a chance to go, look, I need you to do what you were doing. Do do that for me again. And if he comes in and does that and lights a place up, when you got somebody like that on fire, you know, and you know, everyone will be calling him the king again and all it's that kind of thing, it lifts point. everything, doesn't
0: it? Certain players just have that character where they respond to opportunity, and he was very popular at home when we got three home matches yeah. on the spin.
3: Yeah, mm. I just feel as though maybe it's time to say give him a chance. And that's the thing, I mean, we haven't even discussed what I mean. What more, really, you could argue? I mean, should he even be in the 18? A- he's not really getting news he's not fully fit. He's, but again, he'd argue
1: he's been against Man City under 21s and he was he was kind of unplayable, like Tip. Yeah, he, he scored, yeah, and the yeah, Man yeah. City and it, yes, it's well, I Man City it's under 21s no it was yeah and of course you've got to factor in but playing. you can only beat what's in front of you yeah. and he was he was he was unplayable they could handle him all day he scored he a really good in, goal
2: in a two wasn't he was I can't, he at can't remember he <laughs> playing in front with uh, with uh,
3: with with um I can't, can't remember now I can't remember being in front at one point yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it it probably can probably did Kim start it. oh he did didn't he did he yeah he, might he did done, yeah he did start I think yeah I had a dream we won 1-0 actually he
1: just reminded us um, one way. They, one, no. The um, what's a guy from Tottenham called again? Ajaydele's. John. Ricky Yes, star, 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 star. Yeah, but yeah, He was
3: yeah. in the squad again.
1: He, I, mean, he yeah. I had, I had a dream that he would come on a sub and scored with eight minutes left. Quite specifically as well. Tomorrow night. Yeah. Okay. I know.
3: Is it unusual that I was not in the squad that I thought that you know considering we brought him in, um, and if we hadn't brought...
1: Sad as anything I'm dreaming about. We didn't bring... Blackpool, yeah,
3: <laughs> Tottenham Reserve. Um, if we hadn't brought in Grig, you know, we brought this young lad in and he can't even get in the squad, which kind of tells you, well, he's not really... Is it that he's not better than what we've got? Or it's too early for him? I don't know. It's You know, if we'd have finished that transfer window without signing Will Grigg... Mm. You know, it's a little window into how alarming that might have been. I think it it, it still all boils down at the fact that you need to create chances, and I think
2: someone like Maguire can do that. You look at McGeady and he'll he'll do something positive in maybe five or six things badly in terms of taking an extra touch. But yeah, he's, he's one of those players he's too good, he can, not, a, not He's one of those other. players that you can yeah. indulge and let him do his thing, but. Yeah when you've got two of those players on the pitch like McGeady and maybe Lyndon Gooch that's when the problems start because you've got at least two of the midfielders behind the striker that aren't that concerned about creating opportunities for the striker With especially Gooch I, I don't see him putting his head up at any time he wants to make stuff happen for himself which is great as a young player but the the, the primary need of the team is to, is to get, get goals and to create chances for, this, for the strikers
1: out mm-hmm. of thought and I still think you you asked earlier there Gareth about the best performance we played home all season I still think the best performance the best I've seen Sunderland perform all season was at Walsall before um, Max Powell got his red card
3: that's fair point, uh, it was 0-0 yeah. nil, nil at the really time on, yeah. but
1: we obviously I was down there and we were just I thought we were sensational we moved the ball about so quickly um, Gucci and McGeady were just swapping swapping flanks roaming around um, Honeyman deep deeper with Power. And we were just moving it. One touch, two-touch passing, and, and they couldn't get near us. And then, obviously, the red card. I thought we started
3: everything. really well against um, Charlton as well in a similar fashion where we... Oh, we yeah, that was a good we performance. We did. Yeah. And then, it, you know, if we didn't take the chances in the first half and they scored quite right at the start of the... Uh, I mean, one argument as well, I would, I would say, I think Oviedo should come in.
1: He's, in, he's injured. Has he injured, injured? Yeah. is he? Well, we also no. said he's injured. Is and
3: he? he also explained
1: that... Um, Flanagan's partner gave birth midweek so he hasn't trained much and that's why he come oh, up with the right. team because well, that didn't yeah, seem didn't logical seem, either yeah. keeping a clean sheet and then replacing him and Flanagan I, I think he'll be back in the team if he's ready
3: yeah I think he deserves to be um, I think defensively Dunn's done well his distribution's not been great that might be an argument some people say well McGee at least if he, take, if he takes it off the, the centre backs and you know, he's probably more likely to use the, use the ball better that's a, I think that's a fair argument, um, but I just feel like, say I mean, or nine as well. If there's a player in that group who deserves a go, a start in the in the league in his position, it's him. Based on what we've seen over the last two months, um, he hasn't let anybody down. Everything he's been asked to do we're struggling a bit at the moment in trying to do what we want to do. And, and I can think get in the box yeah. and he can finish. Yeah, he should. He should get a go. You should. You should get a chance because you know if you're not going to get it now, then. Then when are you? You know, not he's not gonna get in when we start winning again, is he? If you can't get in when we're not winning, so yeah, I'd definitely have him in and I think that would give you the the energy, the opportunity to press. A lot of talk about four four two and only that's the answer for us at all, especially with the tendency of the centre backs to panic a little bit and try and lump it forward, I think we'd end up surrendering possession in their half. And we're not going to get the ball back I think we're better off you know keeping a variant of that four three three four two three one whatever you want to call it and 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 persisting and freshening it up a bit because all the players in the squad have been there long enough apart from the most recent acquisitions um to know what the job is you know and I think you know in so particular people like oh nine knows what knows what his role is in that squad. So, if we change it and, and replace the personnel, Maguire knows the role that he you know he knows the way Ross plays and he knows what we've been doing, so I would just think maybe you know just freshen it up with some you know new blood in there and and hopefully it'll click again because that's what they've gotta do. they've just got to hope find the, find the, get that I feel as though if we beat if we do get a a good start in the game and score early and maybe get 2-0 up at half time. Or something like that and then I think yeah, it'll you, come. You just feel
1: like we could just batter somebody yeah, and then we're, we're going to hammer somebody, somebody this season and is. then it's just never quite happened. Right.
2: There, were, there will be a moment this season there's still a fair amount of time to go yeah. before the end of the season there will be a moment where we'll, yeah. where we'll click and it'll be remember in February when we were talking about going up through the playoffs when we're like 12 points ahead in, in April maybe, maybe that's going to happen we just need a spark of some sort where that's going to come from—that's that's not my job to tell.
0: Genuinely fascinating to see how they respond. Just picking up from what Garth was saying, I, I, I agree with you largely. And you know, whatever that formation is, those attacking wide positions are crucial. And without wanting to sell a book from a few years ago, you know, the, <laughs> a, num- a, <laughs> number, a number <laughs> of oh, yeah. things about the '73 team which were fantastic, but the roles of Dennis Stewart and Billy Hughes were absolutely, supremely critical to the success of that team. And they are important positions. You know, we talk about Grig and the support, but what is happening down those two flanks, you know, what those players are doing, I think that is very important in terms of a team that is averaging one goal a game.
1: Especially when they're the ones who are expected to get close to the striker and be the support. I mean, the wingers. are very different wingers to the old years where yeah. you get the touchdown, but they're still crucial because they're coming inside and they're expected to link up with the forward, aren't they? So. At the
3: start of the season, they were doing all that. I don't think they've stopped because Jack Ross has said, "Don't do that anymore." I don't think that's happened. I so just why think, do you it's think it's. A, is? I just think it's a. You know, players get into a little bit of a bad form. It's just a combination of things. I think it's a psychological thing.
0: I think psychology is an interesting word to use as well when we talk about the other teams. I don't think we should underestimate the winning mentality that Luton have got. Mm. They finished second last season. They've, 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 they've hit the ground running this season. They're used to winning games. Now some of them were used to winning games in the autumn. We did see a little ba- a little bit of that ourselves. Mm. Mm. And winning breeds confidence and, and, and wins breed wins. And
2: obviously we're we're a club that's still in recovery for, for all intents and purposes. Of course, we're still turning of course. That, that that massive oil tanker around. Um and it is it is heartening that we're that we're not losing football matches. And maybe maybe we should should be thankful of the fact that that, that record's pretty good for a team that, you know, has been getting its backside
1: whipped every week before that. Well, turn up to watch them play Blackpool and get behind them. I would do, say.
3: Just think, it doesn't take. I've said this before. It won't take much to yeah. re-open those deep because, wounds. Yeah. Like well, I thought is, you were going no, no, to won't say. No, no. Let's get behind the team. No, so that's no, like, no, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't <laughs> say that people have not being getting behind the team, but no, no. You know the point is, you no. know we have been a, a losing club. We've been relegated twice. Everything that's gone on, it really doesn't take much to panic people and I, I think we've been on the verge of a a meltdown for a little while now it could if if say we it would be ridiculous lost, without, we lost,
1: without a league position to go on to have a meltdown
3: oh well it, well it would be but I think there's still not everyone there's still a section of support I think truly believes that we should just go and swat everybody aside because we're Sunderland and that it's not I don't think that's the right mentality or attitude to have. We've got, we've got I've got a really good squad. I was actually arguing the, <coughs> the bit it did in the Echo about, the situation at the start of the season that Ross had, where he had, the fact he had fewer players to pick from, I think worked in his favor, and now he's got all these, you know, luxurious options, um, and he can't. It's it's very difficult to get that balance. It's a completely different problem. I know that some people say it's a nice problem to have, but. Sometimes I wonder if managers probably do genuinely when they have got a fully fit squad. Yeah.
1: We didn't have much choice at the start of the season did he? No. And he was like, you know, we had that many players injured and he was forced to pick you've a certain you got to keep
3: certain like he's got to go and state to Chris McGuire when you're not on the 18. He scored six goals a season, he's created goals, you know, he's been a spark for us and then he, you know, he's not he doesn't get in the 18. Two weeks on the bounce, I know he got in in the end because of Gooch um going there. With his, with his uh last one in labor i think it was um but it is a, it, that these are the the other sides of the difficulties the other difficulties in the game and the positive problems that we've 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 kind of got now um i mean whatever you know you can talk about selection from that twenty two group of twenty twenty two fit players that you pick from you should be able to pick a team that can beat Blackpool and you should be able to pick a team that can beat Africa and, and should be able to pick one that can beat Gillingham, shouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Like whoever he yeah. picks, should be able to win that game. Um, and I think that's where the, the pressure comes from, you know, the, in, but the players are human, aren't they, ultimately? then I think that's what we've seen. We've seen some humanity, you know, they're the not indestructible. You can't, and, the human element on the other side as well is all those those players coming, all those teams who come and raise the game. You see some of the clubs who've come up this season and that as though it's, you know, like Wickham in particular kind mm-hmm. of went on like it was the biggest game of their lives in, in, in some respects and, you know, you made them walk into the front of the building and all this kind of stuff and because it's an event and, you know, you might not get a play somewhere like this ever again and all that and it is a... You know, it's a totally different thing, and it wouldn't be surprising. I bet you know I don't have this information at hand, and I'm sure somebody does somewhere. But it would be interesting to see the kind of the teams down the bottom, sort of end of the table who've played us one week and then the next week and got a decent result, and then gone and lost the next game to a team around them or below them. I bet it happens all the time. I think
1: somebody did put that stuff out there. It was quite regular. Yeah. Well, turn up, get behind the lads. It's what we would say about that. Should yeah. we just finish asking Lance a couple more things yeah, before yeah, we go finish? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. What's your what's your, the most you you were saying you've covered lots of World Cups and stuff, Lance? What, mm. What's the most interesting thing event you've ever worked or what's the best story you've witnessed or anything like that? Anything that comes to mind? Um, Should have prepped you with these questions before you come, really. The it's most like e- a, mo- keep people on the toes. The, the
0: most enjoyable uh, event I've ever worked on was the 2002 World Cup. Just because it was something I've never experienced before or since. I was the producer with the England camp at that time, so I was incredibly lucky to be uh, pitchside against Brazil in Chiswoka when, for half an hour, it looked like we might just mm. do it. Um, so that's always What
1: was that goal like, like Pitchside, Which with one? The, Which one? The, the ball of Ronaldinho? The ball the the, yeah, Florentino. Yeah. The ball Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho.
0: The and, yeah. yeah same as on camera 1 <laughs> <laughs> the 24 iso angles you've probably seen um yeah and I can, I can I can see David Beckham jumping out of that tackle now as well I don't remember that um, before one of the goals was it uh before the, the, the be, before yeah. the winning goal that oh, was it yeah before the, before the, before the winning goal um but no it, all the, all the uh, major events have been great but uh, I enjoy all, all forms of sport. I was covering East Fife versus Partick Thistle at the weekend and uh, that wasn't the best game of football but it was it was great to be there and to, and, and to tell the, the story of a team from Methyl that's seen better days that were having the best cup run they've had in 40 odd years and seeing what it means to the people there. So non-league football I see, I see a lot of as well and then World Cups and international football as well.
1: And which two managers did you speak to personally again in your last book?
0: Um, Malcolm Crosby oh yeah of um, Poy, you said, yeah. yeah who uh, I mean 1992 was really kind of the modern generation's mm. 1973 wasn't it or, yeah. or the previous modern generation I suppose mm. um, none of us are getting any younger but yeah I think there was I remember that cut room very well I went to uh, every game from West Ham onwards um, and there was a real momentum building <laughs> I know it didn't quite happen at the end, but uh, it was a real, it was a real special time. That. And then Gus Poyet, who obviously took us to the last Wembley mm-hmm. Cup final in 2014, um, there was a connection with every former manager that we spoke to. <laughs> you know, in terms of they, they all had a real special bond with the club. They all had frustrations, particularly with. Uh, boardrooms and transfer dealings and they all felt that it was unfinished business um, you know there was like this thread that was going through all the, through all the stories, yeah. uh, Gus Poyet was very frustrated with the uh, transfer dealings of the summer of 14, he felt that um, Marcus Alonso was there to come to Sunderland and obviously he's gone on to be absolutely sensational left back oh, yeah. Um and um Barini was close as well, the first time around, and uh, Key felt he never replaced. Mm. And those yeah. those three players were as key as the three Ks that Sam Allardyce signed in the in the transfer window of January 16.
1: Seems like a distant memory, that doesn't it? Premier League. It's five, year, it. five
0: years since
3: the. League Cup final five years end of this month or mm. isn't and, the end and month? two and a half
0: years the one that I always go back to is the Everton game the, mm. the last home game of 15-16 and when England lost to Iceland you know it just seems to be like the prologue to this current mm. era Um because they just felt something different to me with that lap of honour um, after that Everton game they just felt like there was a togetherness a spirit and mm. the, the return were we like right, Seventh or eighth in the form table yeah, from yeah. January to May. Yeah. We cra- it felt like we'd cracked
3: it on Finally. The four years of mm. fighting relegation, it felt like this is yeah. this is it. Somebody who knows it.
1: how he wants to play, he knows what kind of player fit his system.
3: Yeah. And then yeah. And then David Moyes, right, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a mixture, Joe Hart stroke David Moyes. Yeah. That's who we're
3: blaming <clears> for yeah. Sunderland being around. Roy I'm Hodgson. Now. Yeah. As well, you can have some. You can have a large portion. He was of was terrible, in my right, opinion.
1: Players more than anybody that day, I reckon. All right, so we might. Are we doing a reaction pod after Blackpool?
3: Um, maybe I don't know.
1: We might or might not be. Maybe. I think we will be. I can't see why not. And uh, you can listen into that. Hopefully, it's the first three points of the next nine, which are all coming in the next three games. Thanks for listening. <laughs>